Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. All right, welcome into Sports Tonight. It's October 11th. Another weekend of college football uh, uh, coming. I'm here with our BSL college football analyst, Mike Lowe. Mike, how are we doing? Uh, well, I've certainly had better weeks, Chris, but, uh, you know, hanging in there. Hanging in there, Mike, sad because of the Orioles uh, and like uh, all the rest of us. But uh, there will be uh, better Octobers to come, I believe. But... Uh, now we can drown our sorrows in uh, college football. Uh, uh, plenty to watch this weekend. Uh, let's kind of overview some of the conferences. Louisville beat Notre Dame this past weekend. They remain undefeated, as does UNC. Uh, Louisville does, does not have FSU on their regular season schedule. They do have three more ranked opponents, Duke, Miami, and Kentucky. Uh, UNC also does not have Florida State on their regular season schedule. They have two more ranked opponents, Duke and Miami. Uh, who do you like better between uh, Louisville and North Carolina? Yeah, well, I'll just kind of start with, uh, you know, it's a common exercise in October to dream up all these crazy scenarios that could happen, and usually they never come to fruition. But uh, how wild would it be if we have three ACC teams that are undefeated at the end of the regular season? <laughs> and that is a possibility. Uh, so then I would believe the selection for uh, the two that would make the championship game since the ACC got rid of the divisions, I believe the denominator would be their ranking in the CFP. Is that uh, – You know, uh, it, it kind of popped into my head earlier this afternoon, and I just haven't had a chance to look up what the tie-breaking procedure would be. Um I, I don't know how you do that, but uh, I guess they have an answer, and maybe CFP ranking would make the most sense, but uh, that would be kind of tough for the one that uh, ends up ranked third. But anyway, back to your question, Chris. Yeah, um, yeah this is uh, you know pretty interesting. Uh, Louisville, um, big win against Notre Dame, of course, and uh, was very impressed with their defense and what they showed Saturday night. Um I don't think I'm ready to jump on their bandwagon just yet because, uh, you know, when I look, when you look at Notre Dame, their schedule, uh, Louisville, I think, may have benefited from some pretty fortuitous timing. They, um, they got Notre Dame right after the Irish had, you know, first they lose that tough game to Ohio State on the final play. They go to Duke and, you know, pull it out at the very end. Uh, you know, so two tough games, Louisville. And then, next, you know, this week they have a USC. And so there was Louisville just kind of sitting there in the middle of all that. And, um, you know, you wonder if maybe Notre Dame was kind of primed for a bit of a letdown there. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, like you said, Louisville does still have uh, you know some tough teams to play, even though they they will miss North Carolina and Florida State. I I'm still going to go with North Carolina as the better team. Um, I like Louisville's defense, but uh, yeah, I I don't want to bet it against Drake May in this situation. I think he's uh, you know clearly 
the better quarterback there. And um, if all things being equal, I'm always going to go with the team with the better quarterback. In the Big 12, uh, Oklahoma beat Texas, and the Sooners remain undefeated. Uh, the only remaining ranked team Oklahoma has on their schedule is Kansas. I imagine you like Oklahoma to get to the Big 12 title game. Uh, you can tell me if that's correct. And if so, who do you uh, foresee them facing uh, there? Uh, I still think it's going to be Texas. Um, I just don't see uh, you know anybody else in that conference that's quite at their level. Um, you know, Kansas, yeah, you know, they've looked nice. Um, I, I don't know that I trust their defense. And I'm going to throw out a little name uh, you know, a name here for you as just kind of a team that ended up being maybe sneaky good, and that's West Virginia. Um, they are right now. They are the only other team besides Oklahoma that is unbeaten in conference play in the Big Twelve. Um, and you know that's kind of uh, ironic because at, at the beginning of the season, several you know people. Myself included, I, I speculated that Neil Brown could be the first coach fired uh, this season, and uh, here he is, you know, sitting at four and one. They had that tough opening loss to um, Penn State, and uh, since then they put together a pretty good season, uh, you know, including a couple of decent wins uh, over uh, TCU, Texas Tech, and so I don't think they're on the level of Oklahoma and Texas. They uh, West Virginia does miss Texas, but they do have to travel to play Oklahoma in Norman on November 11th. Um, but I would not be surprised if they're still unbeaten uh, heading into that game. Their schedule does set up pretty nice for that. They get a bunch of the newbies uh, before then, like, um, you know, they get BYU, UCF, Houston. And then I think there's a home game against Oklahoma State, which i would imagine they will be favored to to beat them. Um, so wouldn't be surprised if that ends up being a pretty big game between uh, two unbeaten Big 12 teams in conference play. Um, end of the day, I, I still think, uh, you know, it's going to be Oklahoma and Texas standing at the end there in Arlington. In the uh, Big 10, uh, Michigan has played six games. Ohio State and Penn State have both played five. Each of them are ranked in the top six nationally. Uh, which of them do you think is best poised to get to the uh, CFP and win two games? Hey, you know, the, I'm still sticking with Michigan. Uh, you know, Ohio State certainly, um, you know, they were they had trouble executing early on against Maryland, uh, but they, you know, they they hung in there and then just you know kind of took over that game late and uh, you know just had their way with them in the fourth quarter. No surprise there. Um, Penn State, you know, they're kind of an interesting case. I need to see them play somebody better than West Virginia. Um, you know, they've got a rock-solid defense, obviously. Um, you know, Drew Aller has been pretty good, uh, you know, taking over at quarterback. Um, you know, I, there's a lack of explosive plays there that kind of uh, – sets off alarm bells for me a little bit. And so, you know, I kind of wonder, okay, you know, is, is that just a product of their, you know, relatively light schedule or, you know, is there maybe a little something missing there? We'll find out. 
Um, you know, they get a cakewalk this week against um, UMass. But then, uh, you know, the following week, they travel to Ohio State. Um, if As I sit here right now, I like the Buckeyes in that game. And so I, I still think, you know, it's going to be the winner of, you know, Ohio State, Michigan. And uh, I think that's going to be Michigan once again this year. I just think they're the more complete team of the three. Um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that, Chris? Um, I wasn't particularly impressed with the Ohio State quarterback, and I. But I think Ohio State has the most skill position talent. Penn State offense has seemed kind of middling for me, but they have a, a strong defense, and uh, maybe Penn State hasn't put everything offensively on tape because they haven't necessarily needed. To. We'll see. Uh, yeah, Michigan, I think, has the most. Michigan State, uh, Michigan has the most balance, but I, um, I'm not sure I buy them as the most capable of the trio of winning two games in the CFP. I, I think I would lean to Ohio State and their skill position. Uh, yeah, I think there's, yeah, there's certainly a case, and you know, we only need to look, you know, and last year. You know, we don't want to dredge last year up too much because they had C.J. Stroud at quarterback and not McCord. But, um, you know, they, they very nearly took down Georgia. And I doubt that's something Michigan would have done who, you know, they couldn't even beat TCU. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely get, you know, the explosive playmaking ability of Ohio State um, does make them a lot tougher uh, in some ways against the likes of Georgia and, you know, maybe, you know, other teams out there like Alabama or whoever else gets into the playoff. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think but then, then it's always case. can there it's, it's then can their lines hold up? Um, you know, usually they have the talent this year. Uh, I don't know. Um, Maryland's <laughs> Lines held up pretty well against both uh, uh, Ohio State's offensive and defensive lines. It would give me a little bit of pause if I was uh, picking the Buckeyes uh, just uh, overall nationally. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, you know, I, I think you know you, the playmakers are still there. Marvison Harrison Jr. at Buka, um, you know. Travion Henderson when he's healthy and, you know, they've got a deep room of running backs who can, you know, home run guys. Um, you know, I like you, I don't know how much I trust McCord yet and I don't trust their offensive line and uh, their defense. You know, I, I think it's, it's a good defense. Um, but, you know, when I, I saw vulnerabilities against Maryland and, you know, Maryland's yeah. got a good offense, uh, you know, that, that would have been a great game if they didn't make so many mistakes. Um, you know, most of them unforced errors, it seemed. But, um, you know, I, I do still think they're a little vulnerable defensively. I think Michigan is just more complete. But you're right, you know, to be able to have the explosive playmaking ability uh, is important. And that that is an area where I still give an edge to Ohio State. Yeah, Michigan, uh, I look forward to seeing a little bit more of them. I mean, they do have the balance, and uh, 
Yeah, it's not like they're devoid of playmakers themselves. Yeah. So uh, and Michigan yeah. does not get tested at all. It's it's crazy how their schedule shapes up. They don't get tested at all until they play Penn State uh, November 11th. They get Maryland the week after that, and then it's the Ohio State game. Um, just crazy how that schedule shaped up. Uh, Pac-12, as we've talked all year, they continue to uh, – have a great final campaign. Uh, they've got seven ranked teams with uh, USC, Oregon, Washington, each being undefeated. Uh, USC has a leg up in the conference standings as they have four Pac-12 wins. Of those trio, who do you like best and you know, what do you question the most? Or excuse me, what do you like best and what do you question the most with the uh, Trojan Ducks and Huskies? Yeah, why don't you ask me after Saturday? i'll answer that question let's get together sunday morning and we'll talk about that but uh, yeah no i i gotta put on my uh nostradamus hat here um yeah it's the uh you know biggest game of the year so far in the pac-12 conference uh you know oregon going up to washington um i you know right now i put the two of them ahead of usc um usc's defense just can't be trusted um, and, you know, they continue to show that, um, I mean, you know, they, they made a play there at the very end against Arizona and uh, y'all just not to go too far off on a tangent, but, you know, Arizona might be another one of those teams that we don't yet realize that they're actually pretty good. They have three losses this season. One was on the road at Mississippi state happened in overtime. They hung with, uh, Washington, uh, the week before last and only lost that game by seven. And then they nearly knocked off USC in the Coliseum uh, last Saturday. Um, so, yeah, I'll be interested to see, um, you know, once their schedule gets a little friendlier, um, what they do the rest of this season. Um, but USC, I, I just can't trust their defense at all. Um, so, you know, I like Oregon and Washington a little bit better than them right now. And, the great thing is all three of them play each other. So, you know, we're going to find out as far as, uh, you know, this weekend's game. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to give away too much, but, yeah, um, maybe we should just move on if you want to. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll come right back. We'll just wrap up uh, uh, conference overviews with the SEC. So you got Georgia last week. They handled Kentucky, as you predicted. That was the Bulldogs' first win versus a ranked team. The only remaining ranked teams on the schedule for the uh, Georgia are Ole Miss and Tennessee. Uh, I think you probably agree that they're likely to get to the SEC championship unscathed. Uh, on the other side, you've got Alabama. They've won their last four uh, they seem to have asserted themselves as the best in the West. So uh, if you agree that Georgia gets the SEC championship unscathed, and also if you like Alabama in the West, if that's the uh, SEC championship, who do you like? Um, if that's the matchup we get uh, right now, I, I definitely like Georgia. Um, you know, I don't know what it was um, Saturday, whether they simply needed the, the motivation of, finally playing a ranked opponent, um, you know, whatever it was, they found their offense and and they found it in a big way. Um, you know, I, I picked Georgia to win, but, but, but what you failed to mention was that I picked Kentucky to cover. Um, so I'm not 
going to, uh, you know, pat myself on the back on that one at all. Um, you know, that in fact, you know, that was Georgia's first win against the spread all season. They were 0-4-1. Um, you know, Carson Beck had a terrific day. Um, he, uh, you know, Brock Bowers, but he really, you know, obviously was the leading receiver, as you would expect. But, you know, he spread the ball around really well, was very efficient. Um, it helped that, you know, his offensive line gave him a lot of time. They ran the ball well, and Georgia's defense did what they always do. So he certainly had some help. But, you know, in, uh, you know, watching that game, what I was able to catch of it, um, you know, I just saw a quarterback that – kind of looked like maybe he took that next step and is, you know, kind of really starting to get comfortable in that starting role and, uh, um, you know, for leading a team that has national championship aspirations. I mean, if they can get that kind of offensive performance um, for the rest of this season, you know, I, I think we have to kind of recalibrate our expectations that Georgia was maybe vulnerable and kind of have to put them up there in that lead spot and say, once again, they're the team to beat. Um, so, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I don't see anybody like Florida or Tennessee um, knocking them off over the remainder of the season. Um, it could happen that trip, that trip to Tennessee won't be easy by any means, but um, I think, They'll manage to get it done. Um, you know, out West, yeah, I like – I mean, Alabama, again, is the team to beat there, and it was just kind of uh, – I guess it, this is who they are now. Um, they went to Texas A&M, and, you know, I kind of pointed this out when we talked about that game, and it's, it just kind of set up as one of those games where they're going to go out there and struggle. They're going to make a bunch of mistakes, and um, but, you know, maybe in the end find a way to win, and that's exactly what happened. Um, they turned the ball over twice. They had 14 penalties for 99 yards, um, and yet they still won. Um, that's just who they've been lately. Uh, you know, it's been this way seemingly for the past, you know, at least the past year, you know, maybe two years. And in the past, it was usually Bryce Young who pulled some kind of Houdini act and just sort of bailed them out late. This year, obviously not Bryce Young. It wasn't Jalen Milrow. Um you know, I think a couple of things happened in that game at Texas A&M. One, their defense was just unbelievable in the second half, similar to how it was in Ole Miss. Um, you know, you tend to think uh, the opposition's pass rush, you know, will kind of wear down as the game goes on, as the guys on the defensive line get a little tired. That's not how it worked with Alabama. They got they just absolutely pinned their ears back at the end of that game and really got after Texas A&M. They seemed to be more energized at the end of the game than they were at the beginning. And the other thing was uh, Jermaine Burton, wide receiver, he's, he actually transferred there from Georgia uh, a year ago. And uh, he kind of emerged as that big playmaker that they haven't had in uh, probably since the uh, 2021 season. Uh, when they had Jamison Williams. Now, this is just one game, so we'll see uh, if that continues. But, boy, he really came up huge with them. Uh, yeah, he had almost 200 receiving yards, I think. Uh, you know, I had it written down somewhere. But, you know, three touchdowns, just huge day for him. And so if he can give them that kind of performance going forward, yeah, I don't see who touches them in the West. Um, I still like Georgia overall in the SEC, though, once, once they meet in Atlanta. 
All right, let's get to those games of the week and that aforementioned uh, Oregon at Washington. So what's the difference there, Ducks and uh, Huskies? So we had a, you know, a team, one I think uh, probably the most balanced team in the Pac-12, and that's Oregon uh, going against by far the most high-octane offense, passing offense at least, and, you know, that even, I, even including USC, and that's Washington. Um, they lead the nation in passing, and um, you know Michael Penix, Roma Dunze, um, and uh, McMillan—they're just uh, you know lighting it on fire this season, like they were last year. And so, the question I think is going to be—I think Oregon can actually go up there and lay some points on Washington. I think this is going to be probably a very high-scoring game. Um, Oregon's defense is better this season than what we saw last year. So I think the question will be, can they slow Washington down just enough that they can outscore them? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking like high thirties, you know, maybe high thirties to low forties uh, final score here. Um, you know, the question is, can Oregon's pass rush, which I think, you know, is pretty good, do just enough to disrupt the timing between Penix and his receivers that, things just kind of go a little bit awry for Washington. Um, I, I, I kind of like uh, you know, offensively. I, I, I don't think Washington is going to be able to slow down Oregon that much. I like, you know, their balance. The offensive line is still good for the Ducks. Um, you know, and that's not a knock on Washington's defense. They're, they're good. They're decent. They're, their edge rushers um, are pretty good. But I don't think that's where they really excel. That's not their game. And so they're just kind of, um, you know, to use the baseball analogy, Washington is that pitcher who can throw a 101 mile an hour fastball with great movement. If you can do that, you don't need any secondary pitches. And that 101 mile an hour fastball is their passing offense. Um, you know, the only thing is, are you going to catch them on a day when they don't have that fastball? And can you do something to disrupt that? Like, uh, you know, the pass rush, if Oregon's pass rushers can get to um, get some pressure on Penix, maybe they can disrupt it enough. Um, you know, we got, this is a pretty close game. In fact, you know, it, it's practically a pick em if they were playing at a neutral site. So I think that, uh, you know, Vegas is, uh, you know, kind of just saying, okay, it's at Washington. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to give them the points here. Um, they're three point favorite. Um, I, you know, a lot of people out there are picking Oregon in this game, surprisingly, uh, you know, even with, uh, you know, even, uh, to, you know, to, to win straight up. So, you know, I, I, I kind of like the Ducks in this one myself. I don't have a strong degree of confidence because I can see this game playing out several different ways. And, um, you know, there aren't too many outcomes that would surprise me aside from maybe one team just completely blowing the other one out of the water. I don't think that's going to happen, but um, I'm going to lean on the Ducks to pull the surprise here. I, I think their defense will probably do just enough uh, to give their offense a chance to outscore the Huskies. And so to go back to, um, you know, our, our previous discussion about the overall picture in the Pac-12, um, a loss here I don't think really hurts either team. Um, I'll be interested to see, you know, just rankings-wise, um, you know, how much uh, the pollsters um, – 
you know, raise, raise the winner and drop the loser here. Um, I don't think either one of them should change all that much. I think they're two pretty evenly matched teams and they're both legitimate top 10 teams. I'll just be interested in seeing what happens there. Um, but again, you know, this uh, it's a big game, but I don't think it's a make or break uh, for either team. Well, not necessarily. I, I mean, I, I agree with you, but in terms of getting to that, Pac-12 title game. Uh, like they can both. Still, yeah. they, they can both have survive the loss. Yeah. Whoever <laughs> but, the loser is is obviously going to have to take care of business when they get USC. Um, but other than that, it also depends on on how the course, loss is. Yeah, you, you, and you do still have some others lurking out there, like Utah, Oregon State, UCLA. Though um, you know one of Oregon State or UCLA is going to have a loss, obviously, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, but, you know, mainly, though, you whoever the loser is, is going to um, definitely have to take care of business against USC. Um, you know, every game. And it also that, has to be a competitive loss. You're, that, you're, you're right there. Yeah, it, it should be. It needs to be, you know, about a one score game. Yeah. So uh, USC, as you mentioned, no real confidence in the defense. They're heading to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's out of the national uh, you know, any conversation in terms of getting to the CFP, but certainly the Irish are talented enough on a given night where they could take off, uh, take out USC. Uh, you know, quickly, thoughts on this game. Uh, I, I think you'd probably expect USC to win, but it's a game they could lose. What's the ramification if they, if they drop this? Yeah, the ramification obviously won. This is kind of a big game just for the overall perception of the Pac-12. I know they had a really good season out of conference, um, but for the most part, a lot of those wins they got have kind of lost their luster because the teams they ended up beating weren't as good as a lot of people expected. You know, Washington had that huge win over Michigan State. They ended up not being good. Utah got the wins over Florida and Baylor. Neither one of them looked that great. Washington State probably has the best win when they beat Wisconsin. Um, you know, Colorado's two win, you know, wins over Nebraska and uh, TCU don't look as great. Oregon beat Texas Tech. Yeah, you know, Texas Tech isn't that great. So um, this this might actually be the one game that will shape the perception, not just of USC, but the, of the entire Pac-12, um, you know, just how good they are. Are they really the best conference in the country? I think a lot of people agree that, you know, they're they're probably in the top two or three, um, but just how good are they? Can they go on the road and beat Notre Dame? If they can do that, then, uh, you know, I think that probably is going to give uh, people as much a perception than, as of the conference as um, – you know, the outcome of this Oregon Washington game. Um, it's also, also only just a couple of weeks after the Ohio State was at Notre Dame. So, and, and basically needed the win on the final play of the game, essentially. Um, yeah. And, and again, I, I'm not trusting USC's defense. Um, you know, they, they tend to say defense travels, um, and that's not good in USC's case. Um, and, you know, can their offense get it done in South Bend? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling real good about this one for the Trojans here. And so I'm, a, I'm actually leaning Notre Dame. I think they kind of had this game circled on their calendar, and that might be part of why they look so bad at Louisville. 
Um, and because they look so bad at Louisville, I think, you know, maybe that stirred a little hornet's nest there. And, you know, they also want to atone for that tough loss against Ohio State. Um, I kind of am, am expecting the Irish to come out and play like their hair is on fire. Um, and so I, I'm leaning Notre Dame in this one. Um, you know, we got a got a three-point spread in this game, I believe. Let's see. Yeah, three points. Um I mean, I think it can be close. Uh, I'm taking Notre Dame straight up at three points. You know, you, you may as well just go with whoever you're taking straight up. So I'll, I'll take Notre Dame and, cover as well. But I think it'll be a close game, high-scoring game. Um, I, I think Notre Dame ekes it out. Certainly the Irish can have this circled. It's going to be their – I mean, this is, know, this is their – probably, yeah, their biggest game, you know, for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, they have a – Tough game against Clemson. Um, obviously, they're out of the college football playoff. That's not um, happening. Um, you know, a New Year's Six Bowl still very much in play for them, um, if especially if they win this game. So, you know, maybe you know that that is a enough of a reward for them to want to you know go out there and atone. I think it's more just they just want to atone for how bad they looked last week at Louisville. Um, yeah, I, I think. As far that's, as USC, I mean, as far as USC winning, it's got to be, you know, again, the offense. It's, it's how many points can we? <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to outscore. That yeah, <laughs> just really feels like what it, what it comes down to. Um, and, you know, Notre Dame clearly has the better defense. Um, you know, I don't think that's a question. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I just have to go with Notre Dame here. And, you know, you also wonder, you know, you remember that famous uh, Reggie Bush game, the Bush push game, and uh, all the talk pregame was how Notre Dame uh, let the grass grow real tall before that game because they wanted to slow down USC's athletes. So I wonder if they've cut the grass there at uh, Notre Dame Stadium over the past month. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that several times. If you go back to uh, 93 with uh... – Florida State at Notre Dame uh, and uh, and that game. And all of a sudden, all of right. Florida State That's couldn't the, run. The Char- <laughs> yeah, the Char- Charlie Ward, I think, was the – It was Charlie. Yeah. And yeah. that was a, was a loaded Florida State team that all of a sudden looked uh, very slow that day. At yeah. <laughs> Everybody was talking about how they didn't – they didn't cut the grass in Notre Dame or they let it grow real long to try to slow them down. So uh, maybe there will be some of that home cooking going on this time around too. Two last games, quick hits, uh, Miami at North Carolina. We talked about the Tar Heels earlier. Miami certainly, uh, you can mention what happened to the Hurricanes. Uh, yeah. But my, my, Miami's one of the teams that could not go off. I, I won't go into a long dissertation on that. I think everybody's heard about it right now. Um, you know, I'll just say Miami, uh, like Notre Dame, I kind of think they might be one of those teams that is just going to come out and play like they have their hair on fire because they're they should be angry over what happened last weekend and not because of the – dumb decision their head coach made, but the fact that they were just in that situation where a crazy chain of events could occur against a team like Georgia Tech, who they should have handled easily. And then, of course, they just let them march down the field in four plays, 25 seconds to score a winning touchdown. Um, you know, so I, I would imagine they're embarrassed to the point of being angry. Um, and, 
you know, they're they're going to come out like they've got something to prove. Um, can they beat North Carolina? I don't know. Um, you know, I I kind of have a feeling that uh, you know this is a pretty even game. I think you know, especially if you play it on a neutral site, Miami's defense is uh, you know definitely the better of the two defenses. Um, you know, especially you know they they. Um, don't give up much of anything on the ground, but of course, North Carolina's game is mostly through the air, but they do average like, uh, I think 175 yards rushing a game. Um, I, I, I think Miami's going to redeem themselves a little bit. I, I just think they, they're just going to be way too angry in this game. Uh, UNC's favored by three and a half. I'm taking the Canes in this one um, in the big surprise. Uh, last game of the week, quick hits, UCLA at Oregon State. Yeah, these are a couple of good defenses here, so I think this is going to be a tight one. Um, but uh, it's in Corvallis, and Oregon State has been something approaching unbeatable uh, at home uh, over the past several years. Um, yeah, I'm trying to – Look up when they're, you know, they they did lose the one game at uh, they lost by USC at home three points and other than that I don't know if they've lost a home game since like 20, uh, 2020 actually twenty nineteen maybe they may have even gone undefeated there and uh, no they did lose one at home in the twenty twenty season but uh, I mean since then there's there's something like you know twelve fourteen and one at home uh, since twenty twenty. So uh, I like the Beavers to pull this one out, but this one is probably going to be one of those uh, defensive uh, struggles. Um, you know, it'll be a close game, a couple of, uh, you know, pretty physical teams, which is not usually what you think of a Chip Kelly team. Um, but that's what, uh, you know, that's kind of UCLA's style this year. Uh, you know, they don't have an experienced quarterback at this point. So, uh, you know, they, they have been um, – relying much more on their defense than in the past. Oregon State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And uh, I I actually, even though this is a, a close spread, I'm going to split this one. UCLA covers Oregon State wins. Good stuff, as always, from Mike. Check out his uh, most recent article, BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com. Come and join the discussions, uh, college football, uh in general, uh, there's plenty of Terps talk as well. Love to have you. And uh, you can follow Mike uh, on Twitter uh, or, uh, again, whatever we're at, calling Twitter at, today. Uh, at, X. <laughs> at Hard Count CFB. There you go. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. Take care. We'll be back next week. Have a good week. weekend.